Hi, this is Pastor Curtis. I want to thank you for checking out the Family Church Podcast. I hope it encourages you and inspires you to take your next step of faith. You can find out more about how to do that at our website, familychurch.xyz. And if you know a friend who needs to hear this message, please forward it on to them. I hope you enjoy the message. Hey, it is good to be in church. Can we put our hands together and thank the worship team for leading us this morning? We got some talented musicians, we got some talented vocalists, and a lot of us, we love live music. In fact, summertime is a time where we go to live music. Like about about a week ago, my whole social media was Luke Combs. Everyone went out to the Luke Combs concert because we love summer concerts. And we're doing something brand new in three weeks. We're starting something called Song Fest. And uh, what Song Fest is, is our talented musicians and vocalists are going to perform a song uh, as part of the message. And then we're going to unpack uh, lessons from uh, to follow Jesus uh, from Scripture, listening to those popular songs, many of that you have probably heard and, and known and loved. You can still remember lyrics from a song that you haven't heard in three years, but you still know the lyrics of that song. So it's going to be uh, a fun time in church. It's a great time to invite a friend. And so we hope to see you for Song Fest uh, starting three weeks from today. Uh, it was a big week in my household. We celebrated two birthdays. Annie turned seven and Baker turned one. Uh, so it was a big week in the right household in my house as we were celebrating some birthdays. As Baker was turning one, we realized we no longer have a baby in the home. So I sat Baker down and we had a man-to-man talk. And I was telling him, this heart-to-heart, this man-to-man talk. And uh, the next day, Brecken said, hey, I think you need to have another talk. It didn't seem to work what you were telling Baker. So we might have to have a few more of those. I'm going to start with two verses from John chapter 13. And I believe this, these two verses are one of the most important things that Jesus ever said. And I think if Jesus were here today, he would agree that, hey, yeah, I said a lot of things. This is pretty crucial, pretty key. This is what Jesus said, John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for these minutes and moments we share. Lord, we ask that you will turn our eyes towards you. We fix our eyes on you. Help us to see as you see. We turn our ears toward you. Lord, speak to us what you have for us and how to apply it to our life. And Lord, just, just turn our hearts towards you. Get glory in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you ever wonder, or have you ever wondered, like, am I legit? Am I authentic? Am I the real deal? Am I for real? It's an introspective, reflective question that maybe we ask ourselves sometimes. Not too long ago, I sat down at Jersey Mike's to have a lunch with a former student. He was, uh, when, I t- when I was a Stuco sponsor, he was one of my class officers. When I was a youth leader, he was one of the, the leaders in my youth group. And uh, we just have a relationship. And so we get together and I kind of mentor him a little bit and just talk. And uh, he was about to graduate from College of the Ozarks. And he was telling me how he was doing a, a, a flight training to be a pilot, uh, not for career, but just for fun. And he was about to take his first solo flight. He told me about his internship that he had out in D.C. and how he was about to uh, graduate from College of the Ozarks and take his full-time job, move out to D.C. And just some of these cool experiences out in D.C. with meeting uh, you know, some politicians and uh, this experience that he was about to have with this first solo flight and becoming a, really becoming a pilot. And uh, we were talking, and he said, he's like, sometimes I feel like I have imposter syndrome. We were talking a little bit about imposter syndrome. And uh, imposter syndrome is this. It's the condition of feeling anxious and not feeling successful on the inside 
internally despite having high-performing external success. This condition often results in people feeling a little bit like a fraud and you doubt your abilities and you wonder, am I truly genuine? Am I authentic? Am I the bona fide real deal? And I think that in many areas of our life, we can, we can ask these questions. I remember when I passed the test to become a teacher, I got my teacher license and I had my very first teaching job. And I was teaching students that were just four years younger than me. And I didn't really feel like a teacher because I was brand new. Being called Mr. Wright was weird. And they didn't really feel like I was a teacher because they saw the fresh meat. This is Wyandotte County. And I'm teaching juniors and seniors. And they're like, this dude don't know what he's in for. And they were right. And so I thought I was going to teach history. And they're like, you better learn some classroom management because we ain't learning nothing until you handle that. So I went to the School of Hard Knocks after I got my teaching certificate. And it took a while before I actually felt like a teacher. Anyone ever wonder about, like, uh, am I really a father? Like, when do you start to feel like, yeah, I'm really, I'm really, I'm truly a, a dad. Making a baby, does that make you a dad? When the baby is born in the, in the labor and delivery room, does that make you a dad? When you take the baby home from the hospital, I remember bringing Brecken home, and I felt like, I don't know, I don't know how to do this. When do you start to feel like you're really, truly the real deal dad, right? Like, like my dad, right? Or when am I going to be a mom like my mom? Sometimes we, we are, we just don't, we don't feel it and we wrestle with this, this imposter syndrome. On the outside, I got the degree, I got the certificate, I'm doing the thing, but on the inside, we wrestle with, well, am I measuring up? Or am I adequate? Am I, am I the real deal have you ever asked yourself those introspective questions? And in the realm of faith, it can sound like this. Do I, do I really believe in Jesus? Like, am I, am I truly a, a Christian? Am I a real, genuine Christian? Or do I just fit in at church? Or do I just go through the motions? Or do I just have a place where I, I kind of fit in with people and I do what I've always do? I, it's, it's, it's my routine. Is there a test that we can take to validate whether or not we're truly a genuine Christian? And the answer is yes. In the words of Jesus, there, there is. And that's what we're looking at this morning. And it's found in those verses in John 13, 34. It says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. In the following verse 35, by this everyone will know, by this everyone will know you're one of my disciples. You're the real deal if you love one another. And, and, and I believe this statement that Jesus made, it actually sounds a little bit like that's outrageous because growing up in church or growing up with any religion, the standard by which you measured whether you're a devout follower was, are you focused? Are you disciplined? Is your morality there? Well, that's the measuring rod, right? It's, it's gotta be your morality. And it's, well, excuse me, um, did you just say a cuss word? Is that... Does that smoke I smell on your clothes? Did you just watch a rated R movie? The clerk at Blockbuster wouldn't tell me, so I needed to check with you. Is that a rated R movie? Because if you call yourself a Christian, then you certainly can't watch a rated R movie. You certainly can't smoke beer or drink cigarettes or say bad words because these things are the sign of whether or not you're a real deal religious person. Do you remember the Christian bumper stickers or the Christian t-shirts of the 90s? 
I remember this bumper sticker that Christians would put on their old beater car and it said, don't be fooled, my treasure's in heaven. And I tried to Google image search this week to, to show you and very surprisingly, I found this bumper sticker was on a Mercedes and a Hummer. <laughs> I think they missed the whole point. You're supposed to put on the old beat up vehicle. Well, what about the big parody shirts of the 90s? I remember I wanted to go to the Oak Park Mall and go to Abercrombie and Fitch. And my mom said, why don't you go to the Christian bookstore and pick out a shirt there? Because you can show you're a real deal Christian by getting one of those Christian shirts that knocks off the real brand and just puts a Christian slogan or saying on it. Those were big when I was growing up. Jesus says the test isn't any of those things that sometimes we look to, that religion put so much emphasis on and judged and measured. Jesus says, in fact, it's much different. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. And so my main idea is this, love is the litmus test. Love is the litmus test. In other words, it's the measuring stick it is what we can look to. In the words of Jesus, how will people know that you are, that you're truly following Jesus? Jesus says it's your, it's your love for one another. Oftentimes, uh, religion will say, we have a discipleship program, and once you complete this 52-week discipleship program, you are now a disciple. And I'm sure there's nothing wrong in the stuff that you would learn in that discipleship program, but Jesus says that's not the measure. The measure is, are you loving people? the way that I have loved you. That is the determining factor if you are a disciple. Three times in two sentences, we're told to love one another. Now, it's a bit redundant, isn't it? It's a bit redundant. Why is Jesus being so redundant? It's almost like he's emphasizing, I don't want you to miss this. I want you to grasp this in a way that you can't just skip over. I want these verses as you read them in the word to wrestle with your, to disturb your soul a little bit and wrestle it to the ground. Three times in two sentences, the way that the world will know that our faith is authentic if we love one another. And there's actually something very interesting in these verses that I think we need to talk about. And it's perplexing to me. And Jesus says, I have a new commandment. And I think the disciples at this point are like, yes, something new, finally, Jesus, something new. You hired a branding consultant and you realize we need to market this better. We need something new. We love new. If Taco Bell comes out with a new item for 149, you best believe in the next few weeks, I'm going to try that 149 new item because we love new. My girls will make little unboxing videos to unbox something new because we love something new. And Jesus is like, I got something new. And the new thing is this, you need to love one another. And the disciples are like, Jesus, you can't give speeches that aren't even true because that's not new. You can go back to the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, and there's a lot about love in there. So this doesn't even make sense. This is not this isn't something new. And Jesus says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you. So you must love one another. Well, what's the new? It's as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Jesus defines the love. Not the way that we've been loving each other, not the way that we try to love each other, not the way that we feel positive vibes towards people, but the love is defined. It's the way that I have loved you. That is the manner. That is what is new here. 
the way that I've loved you. That's how I want you to love the people in your circle, your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers. And so the disciples, they're like wrestling with this and they say, they start asking Jesus questions. And they say, Jesus, you're perfect. I am. So your love is perfect. Yes. So you're saying we need to love each other perfectly. Yes, that, that, that's right. That's impossible. Yeah, totally. So we can't do this new commandment that you're asking us, that you're commanding us to do. Well, I think you can. The disciples, they got frustrated with Jesus, and this actually happened a lot. If you're reading scripture, you can infer that they got frustrated, or sometimes it just says categorically that they got frustrated. And and here's the truth. If the teachings of Jesus haven't frustrated you, then I think they will a little bit on your faith journey. I think the teachings will start to frustrate you. And, And when they start to frustrate you, you're actually getting closer to the answer. And you get to the right place that he wants you to get when you start getting frustrated with some of the teachings of Jesus. So Jesus, you want us to love people the way that you loved us. That's impossible. To which Jesus replies, well, you're going to need a lot of me, aren't you? See, if you, you get it quicker, I don't got to preach as long. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to need a lot of me, aren't you? To which the disciples say, Oh, so you want us to wake up in the morning like an empty cup and ask you to fill us up with your love so that as we go out throughout the day, we can, we can share that love and pour out our, that love towards others. And Jesus said, yeah, that's the only way. That's the only way it's possible. And I have a question for you this morning, and it's this. Do you know how he loves you? Do you know how he loves you? And I'm convinced right now that there may be nothing else more important than answering that question. Do you know how God loves you? That's the most important question. Do you know how he loves you? Let me, let me summarize it in the time that I have left. Two ways that God loves you. And, and, and number one is this, no conditions. No conditions. God loves you with no conditions. There's no strings attached. We're talking about God, the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of drafts and rhinos and elephants and Mount Everest. And every person that you see, the creator of all of it, he loves you with zero conditions. He's the creator of the depths of the sea. We learned this week, we don't even have technology that can go down to the depths of the sea and explore. He created all of that too. And he he loves you without any conditions. So often we have a problem with love because we get our love from our feelings. We get our love from rom-coms and it's based off of attraction and emotion and affinity. And we have songs about how we love love and the emotion and the urges and surges and desires that we all feel about love. And Jesus, don't get me wrong, Jesus has emotion for you. He has attraction for you. Scripture tells us as numerous as the sand on the seashore, that is as numerous as his thoughts towards you. So yes, your picture is on his fridge. He is crazy about you, but he doesn't, His love is way past the attraction and the emotion and the affinity. It's a love that has zero conditions. 
Have you ever experienced that love where someone loves you completely and fully? That's what the gospel is. The gospel is you are fully known and fully loved. And we all think if people really knew us, they wouldn't really like us because we know the mistakes that we've made. And the beautiful thing about the gospel is that you are fully known and fully loved. Do you have someone in your life that loves you with no conditions? I was so blessed to grow up in the home that I did where my mom and dad, they demonstrated what that love looks like. I remember one time I, I had started driving and I wrecked the 1994 Maroon Honda. And I was driving too fast on gravel and I was coming back from Baldwin and I was driving way too fast and I lost control and I fishtailed and it was a, a little creek embankment so there was a concrete barrier to protect you for, for staying on the road. And I hit that and I flipped upside down and I landed in the ditch and, and I'm six foot four and I'm, the, I'm on this little Honda and I have no idea how I was okay. The window's down and I unclick the seatbelt and I stumble out, out, out of the car and I, I start to scramble away because the car is hissing and I've seen movies. I think the car is about to blow up. And I run three miles home and I open the door and I start crying because I'm hyperventilating and emotional by this point. And I'm thinking my dad's gonna kill me because I made the mistake because I should have known better. My mom hugged me and I remember what my dad told me. My dad told me, I'm glad you're okay. Because the car, we can replace cars, but we can't replace you. And see, I, I'm still struggling with that with a, as a father because this past week, Nellie wanted something. And so I put it on top of the fridge to be out of her reach. And Nellie climbs up on the trash can to reach up on top of the fridge and the trash can gives out and she falls on the floor and she's crying. And I tell Nellie, that's what you get for climbing on the trash can. He loves you with no conditions. And God wants you to know and experience his love. And tell the truth, that's what some of you in this room need. You need to, you need to know that love. You need to feel that love. And you, and you feel like God is far away and you feel like I haven't experienced that love. That's what he wants to do right now. He wants you to experience that love. Jesus says the litmus test of your authenticity. Are you really a Christian? It's gonna be that you will begin to express a love. You will begin to express a love that is not based off of emotion or attraction or affinity. It's the exact same way that I've loved you. And here's, here's how you get that love. He gives it to you. It's a love that God gives you and persuades you to give to those in your life. It's not based on your own work. It's, it's kind of like salvation, it's a gift. That's the only way that we can love like that. He loves you that way. Number two, unselfish concern. He loves you with unselfish concern. It's, it's, you are committed to seeking the benefit for others. You seek what's best for others. You serve others. That's the way that God loves you. What is the definition of love? True love, real love, is wanting the greatest good for someone. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's tough love. It's wanting the greatest good for someone and that's, it's unselfish. It's agape, the word is, is agape love. It's caring without scoring. Caring without scoring. We live on a, a universe, we live on a planet that says, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And there's nothing wrong with that, but there's another level. There's another level that Jesus calls you to. If you say, hey, I'm a Christian. Have you ever heard someone say, this person owes me a favor? 
What if you were to live your life saying, I don't believe anyone owes me anything? Because if you step into nobody owes me anything, then you can step into that love. But if you go around thinking people owe me this, they owe me that, they owe me this, then you're not stepping into the love that God has for you. And maybe you haven't fully experienced his love in the way that he wants you to. To live like this every day, we gotta be honest with you. Like, I, I, I feel like I can't do that. That feels pretty tough. That feels pretty challenging. To which Jesus says, that's why you're gonna need me. That's why I'm gonna go to the cross. That's why I'm gonna resurrect three days later. That's why I'm gonna go to heaven, but I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit, the person of Jesus that is with us, invisible, but is with us. Scripture tells us the Holy Spirit works in us to give us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So how do I know if the Holy Spirit is working in my life? He's gonna give you the desire to do something, and then he's gonna give you the power to follow through and do that same thing. You couldn't do it on your own. Scripture also tells us the Holy Spirit, greater is he that is one of us, that's the Holy Spirit, than anything in the world. Meaning no matter what you face, no matter what trials, no matter what adversity, no matter what challenges, the Holy Spirit inside of you is greater than all of that. Imagine just for a moment, loving people with no conditions, caring without scoring, what that would look like. You probably know one person in your life that is like that. If you're really, really, really lucky, you might know two people that are like that. There could be something that you don't know anyone like. You can't think of one person in your life that loves like that. But what if you decided to? And then you multiply it by 100. Then you multiply it by 1,000. Did you know that that would change the world? If family church loved like that, we would have a line out the door every single week. I don't think waking up every morning thinking I've got this under control, I've got it all figured out, I'm so moral, I'm so noble, I don't think that's the way a Jesus follower is supposed to wake up in the morning. I think we're supposed to wake up in the morning and say, God, we are down here and you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of earth. But that, I don't want to, I want to level up. So will you fill me with unselfish concern for others so that I can, I can love people the way that you've loved me the way that you want me to love to do what you've asked me to do and so that Holy Spirit the person of Jesus walking right with you he's going to say hey text that person hey invite that family over for dinner hey reach out and let let that person know that you're praying for him hey you know they're going through a hard time and just let them know that you're there if you need anything write them a, a note give them a call yeah you know that just sit down and listen to them listen and just let them let them talk and just listen. That's what it looks like to love. And I think there's someone in here, you've thought about, you know, man, I should send them a gift. You've wanted to send them a gift. And the reason you haven't reached out yet is because you know they wouldn't do the same thing for you. And that's preventing you from reaching out and doing the thing you think you should do. But what if you just said, even though I know they wouldn't do it for me, I'm still gonna say yes. I'm still gonna reach out. I'm gonna send the gift. I'm gonna send the invite. I'm gonna connect. Because, not because they would do it for me, but because of what God has done for me and what he's called me to. And you're going to have bad days where you don't do this. And you're going to have bad months where you don't, just like I do, where we become inward focused and we're dealing with our stuff and we're dealing with our problems. But, but what if we just paused and said, Jesus, will you fill me with unselfish concern for others? Did you know that he'll answer that prayer? Would you bow your head and pray with me? 
If you're willing to say yes to that, then I'm just gonna ask you to, to repeat after me. Anyone that wants, to, that wants to say yes to this prayer, just repeat after me, say, Jesus, will you fill me with unselfish concern for others? Father, we thank you for your love. Lord, your word tells us that you love, that the, the, we love because you first loved us. So if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that does not feel your love, does not know your love, will you draw near and help them to experience your love in a new, fresh way? Lord, in the deep depths of their soul, would you stir up the love that you have for them, that they would know how much you love them? And they would start to lean in and say, And I'm persuaded that I need to have unselfish concern for others the way that Jesus has loved me. If you're in the room and you you say, I I just want to say yes to Jesus. I feel like I'm far from God. I don't don't even know where where, where I met with God. And he feels so far away. You can say yes to the free gift of salvation. The truth is this, he who knew no sin, that's Jesus, became sin, became your sin so that you could become the righteousness of God. That's what it looks like to be right with God. You become his righteousness and we get that blessed assurance that we will have eternal life in heaven with him. And it, it starts by receiving that free gift of salvation. If that's you, when you say, I want to receive the free gift of salvation and be righteous and be right with God, you can, you can say yes to that today. It just looks like saying, Jesus, I say yes. You are my Lord, my Savior. I say yes to do. Forgive me and fill me with your love. Right where you're at, your sins are forgiven. You step into new life and you receive what Jesus has for you. Lord, will you walk with us this week with our eyes on you and fill us with unselfish concern for others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.